Good morning, Mary Methodist. My name is David Ost. I'm your summer ministry intern this year. Today we'll be reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. It says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly it sounded like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what, what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hear them in our, in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to, Ju to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Let's pray. Father, I, I want to pray for Pastor Mike as he, as he shares your word with us. I ask that the Holy Spirit speaks through him in power and in truth and gives us ears to hear your voice, Lord. From this sermon, let us learn and take heart so that we may have a deeper relationship with you, God. We bring these prayers to you this morning for Pastor Mike and, and for the gospel to take root in our heart. And we lift these requests up to you in the name of the risen King, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, good morning again. I really want to follow up our Vacation Bible School video by saying kudos to the leaders that put so much time into all those skits and crafts and all that sort of thing. And just great thanks to our tech team, uh, specifically Kelsey DeRoos and Jenny Wildman on our staff. What a great week of stay-at-home Bible school uh, we had for Vacation Bible School this, this year. I do want to make an announcement, particularly aimed at young parents. I, I know it's been months now since we've been here in the sanctuary, but we have begun now uh, administering the sacrament of baptism in small groups. So if you're interested in uh, having a congregation of a few for your baptism or your baptism of your child or children, uh, please call us at the church office and we will make those arrangements. Uh, we will have a few of those coming up uh, in the near future. And as Kelsey said in the announcements, drive in church. Uh, two weeks from today, August 2nd, 8.15, right out here in the East parking lot. We hope to see you there. Now, I promised something that I have to follow up on. This pipe was born for a purpose. It has a very simplistic purpose. This pipe was born in a plastic factory somewhere. 
Uh, it was made by Charlotte Pipe, so maybe in North Carolina. But you know, even though it's born for a singular purpose, I've seen people use these things for many people, many things. I, I saw out in Colorado some of the people walking through the woods using this as a walking stick. I know in my own neighborhood some, of the, some people have pounded these things into the ground and then put a rope from, from this to a, to a tree, a small tree, to kind of train that tree. I also know that uh, you know some of the children in our sanctuary, in our congregation, might like to take it and look at, uh, use it like a very ineffective telescope. And let's be honest, when Simon was a little boy, if he'd have had this, it'd all been like, you all know it's true too. But I want to tell you something. If it's your pipe, you can use it for whatever you want to. But it was born to be a pipe. That's what it was born for. You can use it as a lightsaber. You can use it to train trees. You can use it as a bad telescope whatever you want. But it was born to be a pipe. It was born to let things flow in through it, into it and out of it. It was born to let things just simply flow through. In this pipe, you could flow, have water flowing through it. Or I know in this sanctuary, as Simon and the rest of us planned this, there are literally hundreds of yards of pipe just like this running underneath the concrete in this sanctuary with wires going to the various pieces of our sound equipment and, of course, if you're really good at piping, you can use this for pneumatic applications. You can blow air through it. Water, electricity, air can flow both ways through this one pipe. This pipe, like all pipes, was born to be a conduit through which things pass. Now, I'm going to set this aside because this is not a plumbing lecture. It's a testimony to encourage you to become what you were born to be. That pipe was born to be a pipe. You were born to be a conduit of God's Holy Spirit. The disciples on the day of Pentecost that David just read about allowed the Holy Spirit to come and fill them. They were gathered just as the Lord Jesus Christ had instructed them to do. He, he told them on the day that he ascended to heaven, which we spoke about last week, to wait in Jerusalem till the Holy Spirit came. And they did it, just like they were told to do. They waited there. And then comes this amazing audio-visual event. I mean, think about this. The scripture says, individual tongues of fire came down and lit on the head of those that were gathered there. They heard a deafening sound, a, a sound of the mighty rushing wind. I'm telling you, most everybody in that little corner of Jerusalem, or maybe all of Jerusalem, would have seen and heard these sights and sounds. It was a big deal. Now, I know once it happened, the disciples and anybody in the neighborhood had choices to make. And you know for a fact there was one, you know, skeptic in the crowd to say, as the men were talking, you know, in the different languages of all the world, I'm sure there was this skeptic that says, well, now let's just think about this for a minute. I believe there were certain atmospheric conditions that caused fire-like substance to appear and wind sound to come, but... I don't think it was the Holy Spirit of God. Whatever. What's important for us is the disciples let God fill them. Understand that. They let God 
filled them. They gave the Lord permission by, by their being together in prayer, by them huddling around each other and being constant in prayer after the ascension of Jesus Christ. They were prepared to let the Holy Spirit come into them, and they did. And the disciples then become qualified in receiving what God was filling them with. They, they become qualified because, because they, they received what God filled them. They, they filled them with confidence that they didn't possess on their own. They, they, they possessed a competency in a foreign language that they didn't earn. And likewise, we in the latter days were born to be a conduit of God's Holy Spirit. And so I say to you this morning, simple sermon, Christian, allow the Spirit of God to fill you. Christians, hear that. It's always rough days, but these are specifically rough days. Let the Spirit of God fill you. I know, you know, I, I've read the Bible so many times and all these stories, you know, especially these stories that are annual like Pentecost, and we crave the kind of audiovisual effect that, that the disciples experienced at, at Pentecost. We, we crave to be in our, our study or in our basement or even just out on our deck and for that tongue of fire to come down, just laugh us around on my old bald head a little bit and for the wind to kind of blow in my ears so that I know beyond a shadow of doubt that the Holy Spirit is right there. He's seeking to fill me in, but fill me with, with what he wants to give me. But here's the reality, generally. Most of us have not had those experiences. There's very few experiences that are recorded like that in the pages of the Old and New Testament either. Usually those that I know, including myself, meet the Holy Spirit in the stillness, in some quiet place where they've, like these disciples, maybe gathered with others, but oftentimes alone, are just waiting the disciples were told to wait. And so many of the people I know that have had these intimate experiences of the Holy Spirit are simply waiting to commune with God, to meet Him in the still place. Other times, like maybe even in the song that we spoke a moment, or sang a moment ago, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We, we hear it in the melodious tunes of praise that we sing or that we hear on our radios or that we play through our various you know, Spotify lists or whatever that, and we really experience a moment of the Holy Spirit. We feel enveloped by Him. But this is what I know for sure. In situations that are appropriate to specifically us, God will fill us. God has filled us when we give God permission, just like the disciples. A handful of years ago now, I've been to so many summer games, I don't remember when. I just remember the year a number of us were there when we had, the theme was called Zero Hour. And we actually had a countdown clock going throughout the whole week of camp. And throughout that week, we would ask people to, to, to give their life to Christ, to listen to what the Holy Spirit was speaking them, to really just allow the Spirit to flow through them. And so many of them would come down and pray, and there'd be a counselor that, that would have a magic marker, and they could either write on the outside of their Bible, or some of them had wrote right on their forearm. And I know that there's several of our youth that wrote a certain time, there's zero hour, into a tattoo on their arm or some other place that's appropriate. But what I know was during that week of camp, there was this corporate movement of the Holy Spirit. And throughout that whole particular week, the Holy Spirit was in and around the campus of Grinnell, in and around the Bible studies, and the students one by one, and sometimes 10 by 10, and I know one night, a hundred and some, that just allowed the Holy Spirit to come and fill them. But they gave the Spirit permission 
and I know that their lives, and they still account for this many years later, were unalterably changed at that moment. They knew what God had for them in, in their heart. They knew what they were supposed to do next. And so they marked it as their zero hour. Now, that doesn't always come for us. I, I remember a fellow I knew a long time ago. So sometimes the Spirit comes to us in corporate ways. Other times, it just comes to us in those still places. I had a fellow that was in my last church, and he worked in second shift. So he got out of the factory about 1130. And, and actually, because he'd had some scrapes, he didn't have a driver's license. So he had to walk home about a mile from the factory, 1130 at night or whatever. And he was really trying to get rehabilitated by the church, get rehabilitated with his family and all that. And he prayed a lot and he read the Bible every day and all that kind of stuff. And I remember one morning he called me. He couldn't have been up for too long because it was, you know, seven, eight in the morning. And he says, Pastor Mike, last night I was walking down Bank Street and it was in a certain moment. I just felt like the Holy Spirit wrapped its arms around me and I felt his love and mercy and kindness and strength. And I want to tell you, man, I want to tell you, Pastor Mike, I don't think I'll ever be the same. And after that, Matt became quite a great disciple of the Lord because he let what God put in him come to rest in him. The Spirit of God is flowing towards you all the time. I just came by to tell you that today. The Spirit of God is flowing towards you all the time, and it's specifically coming to you with specific messages. And so I encourage you to receive it even now. Now, I don't want to go too fast through this because I know that so many of our lives have been disrupted by covid but I want to make sure we don't make that an excuse because some of our lives were kind of disrupted beforehand. And we need to just, in this moment or some other moment or moment soon from now, just really be still and make sure that we're together with the Lord and open to the Holy Spirit to rush into us and give us that spirit of calm. If, we, if we've had a disrupted, a dissonant spirit for a long time, I'm telling you, the Lord is willing to calm you if you'll just allow him to pipe into your spirit what it is exactly that you need. Some of you, maybe you've become heartbroken in COVID. Maybe you were before them. But if you're heartbroken, and there's a lot of reasons to be heartbroken, I admonish you to just open yourself. Open yourself to receiving a profound sense of healing because the Holy Spirit wants to pour that into you. He's wanting to drain himself into you every single day. And I know there's a lot of us, and maybe I'm one of them, that are kind of impatient all the time. Be open to receiving the peace that passes understanding because God's willing to offer you. Because this is what I know the target of the Holy Spirit is. God's target is your need, your specific need. Christian, you shall become qualified in receiving what God fills you with. You'll receive confidence that you don't currently possess. You'll, just like the disciples, you'll, you'll receive competencies that you have not earned or you haven't studied and you'll, or not done the activity. God's qualification of you will be what your world needs in these specific moments. And so I ask you, are you letting God fill you with what he desires to fill you with? Are, are you letting God fill you with what he desires to fill, fill you with? Don't, don't, don't back away from that question. Sometimes we need to ask, ask and answer the simplistic, basic questions, questions of the Christian faith, like are you letting God fill you with what he decides, desires to fill you with? If you were born to be a conduit, we need to let God's spirit flow into us. Drink that in. If you were born to be a conduit, just let the Spirit come. 
I tell you, I promise you, he wants to. Don't abate him from that. One of the things about the pipe I showed you a minute ago is it allows things to flow both ways, in and out. It can go to the left and right, north, south, all that. We're born to be a conduit that allows God's Holy Spirit to flow in both directions, into us and out of us. You get that? Into us and out of us. Jesus' disciples let flow from them what the Lord had put in them. They didn't think up all this language themselves. They didn't think up even what they were supposed to say to all the Parthians, the Medes, the Elamites, all those from the parts of Libya and, and Cyrene and all those kind of places. They were given the ability to communicate to the entire known world in a moment because they were together in Christ. They were waiting for the Holy Spirit to fill them. And they were able to say the good news of Jesus Christ who was born, resurrected, ascended, and planning to return. They inaugurated in one day, in one moment, the multicultural, multilingual, Holy Spirit-inspired Christian church because they were willing to let it come in. And when it came out, they knew, in, they, knew they were supposed to let it out. They become the apostles that day because of their pure willingness to be a conduit of the Holy Spirit. They didn't build a seminary. They didn't have college classes. They weren't studying anything of how to do it, be a good preacher or something. They just let flow out of them what God had flown into them. We are to let flow from us what the Lord puts in us. You see, God qualifies you not to become an expert. The disciples weren't expert in foreign languages after this. As far as we know, they never spoke those languages again. They were qualified to be a servant. They were qualified to be apostles. The, the Lord does not qualify you to become an expert. He qualifies you to become a servant. So you let flow from you the use of the gifts you have. Some of you have gifts of loving, let them flow. Some of you have been imparted by God with the, the gift of teaching, let it flow. Some of you have been given the gift of healing by God's Holy Spirit as he, as he drained himself into your life, let it flow out of you. Some of you have been given the gift of serving, then let it come out of you. Don't hold on to them. You were born to be a conduit. Are you ready to let the flow from to let flow from you what God has piped into you? Are you ready? This is what our responsibility is. This is what we were born to be. Now, I will tell you that personal identification is necessary here because you know what God put in you. Don't let for a minute some pastor say to you, "Well, you you need to have the gift of wisdom, so therefore and hitherto you have it." That's not how it works. You need to Think, what has God put into me that I need to let flow out? If it's wisdom, if it's empathy, gifts of teaching, loving, helping, serving, then let it flow out. But let yourself understand this. God, in the conduit that is your life, in the conduit of connection between him and you, has not put a shutoff valve. You know, in our house, the water comes in from underneath the street, and right at where it comes into my house, there's a big shutoff valve. I can stop the flow, so if one of my friends, like Brad Ahern, needs to do some plumbing in my house, I can turn, turn that off, and no water will flow in my house. But guess what? God doesn't put a shutoff valve on the Holy Spirit. He, he doesn't put a way for the flow to stop. He just keeps letting it flow on you. You have to decide whether it's going to be allowed in you. So many of us, however, though, haven't put a shutoff valve, but we've done what we call pinched off the pipe. We've strangled it so hard that we just won't let that spirit flow in you. Don't pinch it off. Let what God has filled you with flow. Become what you were born to be, 
a conduit of God's Holy Spirit. You know, we began this worship service, and we're going to end it with a covenant prayer in the Wesleyan tradition. And there's three lines I want to share with you right now. One of those that, that I love the way we read it this morning, it says, let me be full. You know, let me be full of whatever you want me to be full of, God. Let me be full of happiness. Let me be full of your spirit. Let me be full of kindness. Let me be full of wisdom. Let me be full of the gift of teaching. Or let me be empty. Whatever it is, God, I open my heart to you. You you let it come in, and I'll let it go out. And I love this second line. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service, which means you give your entire self, all of you, to God, and you just let God work through you not as an expert, but as a servant. And we close that prayer, pretty close to closing that prayer, by saying, you are mine, and I am yours. And in those claiming words, we make very clear what our intention is to live. That's why we sent you those cards in the mail. If you don't have one, you can reach out and get one from it. But I want to tell you this. The faucet of God's Holy Spirit is wide open. It's flowing on us. Let it come in and flow on you right now. Let us pray. God, flow into us. Flow your Holy Spirit into us right now. We're open, Lord. Let our spirit be like a conduit that just allows your spirit to flow in us and fill us up. And then, of course, God, we ask that you might allow us to to be the ones that it flows from, too. So flow from me, Lord. Flow, Flow from our band, Lord. Flow from our congregation, Lord. Flow from all the folks in Marion, your Holy Spirit and the gifts that you've given us, Lord. We could pray no greater prayer than to simply be in covenant with you and say, let us be full, let us be empty, let us have all things, let us have nothing. Let us serve you in the way that you would want us to serve. Lord, that's our covenant with you. We praise you and honor you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I'd encourage you at home to take a minute longer as we sing a covenant song. Uh, and dedicate your offering during this time. Amen. God bless you all.